0: Welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracing.
1: I'm Corwin Heller.
0: And uh, we're actually starting off on a relatively more statistical-based conversation than we typically do. It's been a while since we've gotten into our numbersy roots. And we're not getting into our true numbers territory here, but uh, there was a recent... Discourse, recent uh, uh, conversation floating about the baseball spheres of, you know, converse of uh, not conversation. I don't know. Di- dialogue? Di- where conversations happen? I don't know. Places where people chit-chat about shirts?
1: I'm not sure, man.
0: Uh, yeah, I know you're not. Uh, oh, well. But, yeah. So, apparently, Robert Manfred, our, our guy, has been floating the idea or going even so far as to be proposing the idea to um, owners about abandoning the current pieces of or the current practice of arbitration, as we know it today in MLB, which is part of the rookie contract deal. Basically, after um, two years, three years of team control, you then get to go to arbitration to argue why you should get a higher salary, uh, and they are taken as one-year salaries from there. After then a six-year period, you can officially enter actual free agency where you can test the market or you know stay with your team, sign on another long-term deal, whatever. So right now, Carlos Correa is going to be a free agent for the first time in his career following a series of arbitrations. Um, well, actually, I don't think he's had a true arbitration. Um, but regardless... MLB is talking about scrapping that idea or that practice in its entirety and instead going with a model in which they would use war, wins above replacement, as the means of determining salary for arbitration-eligible players. So the the term of your arb years would remain intact, essentially, still those six years, which is large. Um, But instead of doing it where you, I guess, go and argue, they would – uh, replace that whole process of actually sitting down with an arbiter in which the team and the player both argue their ends of things and replace that with a formula that just tells them what everyone's worth. So uh, Corwin, as per usual, I'll turn this over to you to start. Uh,
1: so in a kind what of would you
0: think about this type of, th- we obviously talk about dollars per war a lot when free agency comes around. And what's good value and what's poor value And we'll use players cumulative war or their war per 162 or just, just last year's war, whatever. What do you think about a proposal that really starts to do that for real?
1: Um, it's an interesting exercise to talk about, you know, dollar per war as a way for teams to sign players to contracts and to gauge the effectiveness of a contract, the value of a contract based off of production and things like that. When it gets down to players being paid based off of a formula that a third party company imposes um without any other recourse, I, I can't really get behind it. Like arbitration To an extent is effective in allowing players to avoid getting dicked over by the teams that have dicked over them for their entire minor league careers up to that point by you know having a mediator decide which is, you know, a more fair compensation for that player when it just comes down to whether or not it's liked by the formula that fangraphs uses to determine value and you just get paid that amount uh, i don't know i'm not buying it yet
0: no it raises a lot of questions um firstly that fangraphs would want to do this (laughs) um which might not seem like an obvious starting point but let's start there fangraphs is as the title suggests for fans of baseball uh they are not employed by MLB. And unless they signed a deal with, I'm sure, a lot of terms, they're not going to be. And even if a proposal for them to be an employed third party of MLB came to their desk, it still would raise the question of, do they want to do that? Would they want to be the people responsible for every arbitration contract in MLB? And man, that is a lot of responsibility to, Uh, take hold of which i'm sure is also the reason mlb wants it off their plate because i'm sure that they don't want to have to do that responsive i'm sure the way that a cynic would read this which when we're talking about owners in baseball um owners of any sport you have to be cynical Um, the way that a cynic would read this for me clearly owners think that war undervalues players in today's model and that the dollars per war would pay players less than they get paid today and so that they can look better, pay less money and take that uncomfortability off. The- like they can be like, Oh, well, fangraph said you were only worth uh, $2 million this year, not three. Sorry about that. You just go shove it up your ass. Um, our hands are tied. What can we do? Um, and that's a horrible idea. And uh, Corwin, let me pose this question to you now. Uh, Pat Valleka of the uh, Baltimore Orioles was worth negative one F war last year. Does that mean he owes the Orioles like $10 million?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. That's that's honestly a really great point of like, what's the starting point for players who are, you know, have a bad season? and are worth negative war, do you either just not get a contract or is there some starting minimum that gets reduced based off of performance, negative performance?
0: Oh, there's a whole bunch of caveats with it. What happens to relievers who just don't throw very much? Um, What happens, what happens if you call a guy up in, um, I don't know, or or no, not even that, a guy who misses half the year because he was hurt, right, comes back in like uh, July, August, tears it up, but gets three war because he missed a bunch of months. You know, if you come back post all star break and accumulate three war, you were on a six war pace. And that's phenomenal. Um, But at the end of the day, your FanGraphs website page will only say you got three war. Would it be fair for him to be paid for three war? I'm sure a team would love to only pay a six-war player three wars worth of dollars, but that doesn't seem necessarily fair if there was beyond that player's control. And again, like, what the fuck? So relievers just get dicked? Like, uh, uh, Mariano Rivera has the most war for a reliever in history, and it's at 56. Relievers do not accumulate war very fucking quickly. So they just, like, get shafted?
1: Do you know or have thought of any positives of doing it this way?
0: I do think that there is value in understanding true player contributions. Like, I am sure that there was a period of uncomfortability somewhere between, you know, 2000 and today, where teams are like, you only batted uh, 210. And players were like, yeah, but my on-base was like 390, so my OPS and OPS+. plus." Uh, or WRC plus, whatever uh, was 150 or again, whatever, 140. I was 40% better than your average hitter. I need to be paid 40%, 140% more than whatever I was getting paid, whatever the numbers are. I don't really give a shit. Arbitration numbers actually Mm -hmm. usually slide up pretty quickly. Um, Only doubling your pay would probably be not stellar for the early years. doesn't matter. Um, So having some of that, Maybe more concreteness around it. it's probably not a bad thing, but like, what do you do about the guys like uh, who are who are good locker room presences who you know have the work ethic that you like or play a play a premium position? You know, like imagine you're uh fucking god damn it, who's a first baseman? Eric Hosmer. Yeah, but like a rookie. Who's a, do we? What's a rookie first baseman? Bobby Dahlbeck with the Red Sox. Bobby sure. Dahlbeck with the Red Sox. His WAR is not going to be higher um, than a shortstop's in all likelihood because he doesn't get shortstop level WAR adjustments. But that's not his fault. Like he's mm-hmm. he got brought up by the Red Sox to play first base, so he's not going to get that WAR adjustment because the Red Sox aren't putting him in a position to get that WAR adjustment he will put up let's say he kills it offensively if he puts up a crazy good offense offensive war and just does fuck all on defensive war well then his d war looks like shit because you get negatively pinged for being a first baseman his overall war will look worse than his just his o war because it drags down his offensive contributions which is actually probably why owners would prefer this if i had to bet um and there's it's like that that's not his fault it, like he's not a shortstop you did not draft him to be a shortstop you did not sign him to be a shortstop you did not call him up to play shortstop like you did all those things for him to be a first baseman so he's a first baseman so you'd effectively be paying him less because of positional adjustments that yeah maybe like nine-year-old him could have figured out but that weren't part of why he's in your your, your plan right now feel me
1: i feel you and again i just do not like outside of owners using this as a way to take advantage of cost and take advantage of how much they're paying players i just i don't see a positive for why players would ever agree to this would players would have to agree to this in the cba correct
0: yeah come up in negotiations
1: is this just another like proposal that MLB is using as leverage to get out of doing something else? Probably.
0: Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were trying to gauge uh public perception of it before they threw it in. Cause if everyone really liked it, then they, then maybe you throw it in and go, uh, Hey, this is really popular. People think this is a great idea. Um, take out something we don't like because uh, this is this is good for you. And everyone, look at all these athletic articles that say it's good for you. Or people hate it, like people hate it now. Then you throw it in and say, all right, take out something that you like from your end uh, and we'll take out this. Piece of shit.
1: <sighs> That'd be my true. guess. Yeah.
0: Because uh, the... the Dollar per war is like a good at a glance. It's a really solid at a glance. Like, oh, this guy, generally speaking, is worth, um, you know, three war a season. And you signed him for, uh, I don't know, 20 mil a season. I don't know what our current war per dollar dollar per war is at right now. So let's say it's 10 because that's easy. And I'm lazy. Um, so you sign him for, he's worth three war a year. Every single year you sign him for 20 mil a year. Hey, that seems like a good deal. Sure. Or four four war a year. And you got him for for 20 mil a year. Perfect. That's great. You'd have to get into the weeds to find out if that's actually an appropriate contract AAV, if it's an appropriate contract length, all that shit, but it's perfectly fine at a glance. And that's why it's become a, a thought exercise that it has been, but it's, it's not comprehensive reform. You know what it reminds me of this, uh, this shifting of, of responsibility to somebody else um, with it. It reminds me of um, the South Park episode about, about the NCAA with crack, crack baby Which basketball. Ones? We can't just change uh, the
1: rules. Yes.
0: You want me to get on that step ladder, or go up there and change them myself. I can't do that. <laughs> if it, it feels like they want to have that step ladder and that whiteboard, they want to have something up there that they go like, we can't just not do that. That'd be ridiculous. That's the rules. Like, oh, sorry, Jim, Bob. We uh, we, we, we can't pay you more. Uh, that big whiteboard says we can't. And by God, I don't know how it got up there, but it's not coming down.
1: Even though they'll change those rules to make it easier for them to avoid paying those players anytime they can.
0: Like they tried to with the with the pandemic, with uh, with, with pay during the pandemic, Pro rated and a 30 percent pay cut because fuck yourself.
1: Yeah, I can love it. Uh,
0: I I'm sure there's a lot of there's a lot of really good revolutions that could that could change the way that baseball handles its pay, its uh, years of control with arbitration eligible players and minor leaguers. This is not one of them. It is not, and in fact, it's it's just another example of how out of touch it feels as though mlb is with both um its labor side of things as well as the sabermetrics and stats people because like no one on any side of this is happy the old grumpy dudes who don't get how numbers work aren't going to be thrilled with this and the the hip cool young cats who know how the numbers work also fucking hate this like You're not even no side is appeased by you doing this. You know. Yes. Really, uh, honestly, if they kept arbitration the same and uh, just cut the years of control in half, I think everyone walks away thinking that's a victory of some degree.
1: Which kind of has been a consensus, I feel like, for a while where. The actual arbitration itself is fine, but having six years of control over a minor leaguer is kind of outrageous. A
0: little bit, little, little bit outrageous. Six years. Carlos Correa is fucking twenty-seven. He's just hitting free agency.
1: Yeah,
0: and he's not even like Aaron Judge is going to be in his thirties when he hits free agency if he should be allotted free agency. If he did like, if he shouldn't sign a long-term deal before.
1: It's like, all right, you. the average career is X number of years. I don't know the specific number, but I know it's not a crazy long amount of time. At no point would I consider the current length and setup applicable for allowing players to enter free agency on a consistent basis. I just
0: don't. yeah uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i had a fucking thought god damn it sorry that's eh, no, whatever it. no i forgot what it was oh i had it primed and ready and it's gone uh fuck whatever i'll just be over here tight uh so that is really all we have for baseball as right some minor things have happened um I think Julius Chassin signed somewhere Mike Brasso got traded whatever we'll talk about okay. it more as we get yeah. more into the yeah there's not enough we're not dedicating a whole episode to fucking Mike Brasso getting traded Mike Brasso can suck my my balls um we'll talk about him when we talk about all the other important people um <laughs> so that'll probably be it until um mvp awards which will be this friday thursday friday like the 18th ish Um, so we'll talk about our we'll go back over our preseason bull predictions our award winners our um world series win predictions all that shit after the mvp awards officially get announced so that's coming up so look out for that in a couple weeks next week next week uh, in the meantime football is still a uh, going so we talked about how we were surprised odell did not get claimed on waivers and he is now with a new team and he is officially an la ram which i joked would be the best fit for him because it seems like they hired uh, or have taken on everybody who was an all pro like at some point in their career and just amassed a team full of guys who at some point were all pros and it was my joke was like it was that the you have $5, $4, $3, $2, $1. You got to assemble your team. You, know, you see those memes on Instagram and Facebook, um, Twitter. But, uh, yeah, so he's a Ram. Uh, man, Corwin, d- uh, do you care?
1: To an extent, especially now that Robert Woods is out for the rest of the season, that's a yeah, that's huge a win uh, for the Rams. Um, at the end of the day, it's, you know, the salary cap is an absolute myth um I mean I don't really think the Rams are any more of a Super Bowl contender after this signing as they were before um but at the same time I don't know it can't hurt their chances and they already were in pretty good position to begin with um their team management is just it's so weird and excuse me it I just I am excited to see how this turns into a long term solution, long term process, because. They are just throwing cap out the window, draft picks out the window, just living by the skin of their teeth. Um, So we'll see what happens.
0: We uh, we do not know how it's going so far because that game is the Monday night game. So we will find out along with the rest of you on Monday night. So actually, if you're listening to this Monday morning, not only do we not know, you don't know either, bitch. For once. Um, so, yeah, obviously it looks like the the greatest signing in the world after the Robert Woods thing just happened to take place before it. Um, sucks for Robert Woods. Um, but, hey, now you got a, a, a fresh, hardly used, gent- gently used Odell Beckham Jr. And so you might be saying to yourself, well, hey, uh, Odell's off the team. and uh, How are the Browns doing? And boy, that's a tough question if you're a Browns fan, because the Browns, yeah, fucked they, they, they today. They they got fucked good and hard. Um, I'm pulling up their final score right now since that game is officially over, and the Browns lost to the Patriots 45 to seven. Seven. So obviously, look at the 45 and you go, ah, well, they can't play offense. Uh, the offense can't play defense, but the offense didn't uh, play, didn't play offense either. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I just need a team to be worse than my team, and no team's worse than my team. So I'm just going to be uh, mean. I'm going to be very, very mean. Um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, Cleveland fans. You just got to eat this for the moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously the Browns traded him away. You think, ah, oh, well, you know, he's he's the problem. Fuck him. He's the problem. That fucking. Draw McQueeny bitch, and then it's your first game without him, and you suck the big one. You score the first touchdown of the game. You draw first blood, seven nothing. Austin Hooper, two yard pass from Baker Mayfield, seven nothing. You then do not score for the rest of the game and lose forty five to seven. That's a that's that's a tough existence. That is a very very tough existence.
1: Uh, Don't. Get, don't get me wrong. Giving up 45 consecutive points as a defense is, that's a flaming gun right there. Being an NFL team unable to score more than seven points in a game is really, really bad in its own right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the passers, because Case Keenum also came into this game for the Browns, uh, Baker Mayfield went 11 for 21, 73 yards. Uh, One touchdown, one interception, two sacks for 17 yards, a quarterback rating of 56.3, which, ooh, uh, Case Keenum then came in, went eight for 12, 81 yards, Um, three sacks for 19 yards, a quarterback rating of 85.8. Baker got outplayed by fucking Case fucking Keenum. God, Uh, the highest receiving yards getter. For the Browns, this game was Dearness Johnson, who got 58. What? That's it? Um, Jarvis Landry then in second with 26, and Austin Hooper with 25. Uh, That's really yeah. Good. Yeah, it's very – so it'll really – like, the bar is now very low for what Odell needs to do on Monday to make him look like not the problem, at least in the first week since – leaving the team Mm
1: -hmm. like
0: if he honestly like what what's the least he has to do to make him look like not the problem this game what uh, like if he went uh, if he four receptions for 60 yards so he he would have more passing yards receiving yards I should say than anybody on the Browns is that enough to make you go like oh that Odell wasn't the problem in Cleveland at least for this week
1: (sighs) man it's tough because four catches 60 yards for your number 1 receiver for Odell Beckham Jr. especially that's that's not a good stat line like that's still a bad game i don't know i feel like you'd have to see the play to to really make that argument i don't think you could just throw a number on it because it's it's All not right. like he can create his own yardage
0: i'm going to throw a number on it Five catches, a hundred yards, a touchdown.
1: That's a good game. Can't argue that.
0: That'd be very cool. I, I gotta say, it's yeah. it, it's you gotta feel good for Odell. Where the week after he got cut, everybody and their mother was talking cash shit about how you were the problem, and then your team, old team, gets crapped on. Uh, And then your new team goes on and wins their game where you played a central part in, you know, getting that win. Obviously that part yet to happen, but if you were Odell, you'd probably be feeling pretty fucking good if that actually came, came about. So Mm -hmm. something to keep an eye on. A sat an eye on Uh, Cam Newton is back in Carolina. How do you feel?
1: I don't think I care. I think Cam Newton is washed, to say the least. I think that Carolina has proven that they're not going to be a contender until they get a serious quarterback answer, and I don't think Cam Newton's it. I, I don't think anything we've seen in New England or, or any of his you know recent seasons has shown that he's still got enough in the tank to kind of lead this team. And I just don't I just don't think that this is gonna be a you know call back to his MVP season or call back to his time you know his previous stint with Carolina uh, I think it's gonna be a hey he used to wear that same uniform hey he's got the same locker he did hey, he's back in the building, but I think the play on the field is going to be disappointing.
0: Uh, well, so far the play on the field is phenomenal, as the uh, Panthers are currently taking it to the Cardinals, thirty-one to three.
1: Uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, I saw, were out.
0: And saying, thirty-one points is thirty-one points. say, thirty-one points. What's his stat line? I'm pulling it up as we speak. Uh, Cam Newton. Oh, he only, he did not play much of this game. Uh, He went three for four, eight yards, a touchdown. And then I guess came out of the game. I actually don't know. So PJ Walker's having a hell of a game Uh, as actually, no, he's not. He's 20 for 26. So completion percent through the roof, 157 yards, which averages out to only six yards per attempt. Uh, No touchdowns, one interception. So really the ground game is doing all the work here. Um. Yeah, Ch- Ch- Chuba Hubbard. I always say Chubba Chuba Hubbard. I never get his name right. Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. Twenty-three yards and a touchdown. Cam Newton has a rushing touchdown. Six yards and a touchdown. McCaffrey, ninety-five yards, no touchdown. Uh, Robbie Anderson, the receiving touchdown. So, yeah, Cam has gotten hurt,
1: which is a damn shame.
0: So, fourteen points. Fourteen. 14- 14 points on the board in four passing attempts and two rushing attempts is comically efficient.
1: I don't know, man. I just... I've not been in the NFL mindset all year, and it's just hard getting... Like, even Cam Newton coming back to the Panthers, it's like, I just... I, I can't find that excitement.
0: I'm not sure I'm excited. I think it's an interesting study to see Because when you see a team performing so poorly with such obvious poor like QB play, and you wonder, you know, is the team bad or is this one guy so fucking bad that the team spirals because of it? Because you know, there's all always the talk of like, well, if your offense can't stay on the field and your defense is constantly out there, they're going to give up points because one, there's just more opportunity. For the opposing offense to get points, and then two, your defense is going to get fucking tired. Like one unit's not supposed to be on the field for 40 minutes. That's just not how the game's supposed to work. They're going to no, kill themselves. You
1: can't, yeah.
0: So if your offense is bad because your quarterback sucks, it makes your defense worse. And you know, it, sometimes when you see teams kind of spiral, like it feels like the Panthers have been spiraling, you wonder if you could just swap out this quarterback with an average guy, could they do it? And mm-hmm. I think that would be the interesting part of seeing Cam Newton come back because I'm not sure. I don't know where he stands anymore in like the ranking of, is he average above average, slightly below average? Like, I don't, I don't know, but I'd be hard pressed to say he's, he could possibly be worse than what Donald had been doing the past few weeks, which would be enough to judge the team on, I think. And plus if he ends up retiring, that's a very sentimental way to go out. So good for you. Uh, if he's hurt right now, uh, that sucks. Um, but hey, shout out to you, PJ Walker, I guess. Uh, hey,
1: PJ yeah. Walker, came from the AAF, I think. So good on he's him for Australian American football. Some aspect, ber- some some name for himself.
0: Um. Uh. Yeah. So let's talk about other quarterback situations that suck. Uh. The the Jets. Oh, sorry I'm sighing so much the, the jets oh god I, dude that i oh, that game was exhausting I wanted to die uh the jets lost to the to the, to the bills uh of course they did seventeen to forty five and it hurt in my bones it hurt in my nerve endings it hurt in my heart where I feel my emotions um and it also hurt because so Mike White, Mike fucking White, he comes out here against the Bengals, has the game of his fucking existence, and everyone is so quick to just get on the knees and start, you know, slurping that dong. Then it's time for Indianapolis comes out, has a, a pretty good couple series, gets hurt and is out of the game. So the mystery of Mike fucking White continues a little bit because he, he didn't show that he he sucked hot ass. And as a Jets fan, I mentioned uh, fucking Nick, Eric Falk, Nick Elk Falk, Eric Falk, Eli Falk, somebody who the guy who filled in for Darnold. Yeah, when when he got uh, mono, he came in and the uh, week one, the first week Sam Darnold was out. He came out there, had an 80% completion percent. And I think the Jets, if they didn't win the game, they almost won the game. And everyone was like, hey, this Falk kid doesn't suck. Maybe he's an answer for us. And then he proceeds to complete like almost zero passes for the next three weeks until Darnell comes back. And, you know, I'm looking at Mike, Mike White and I'm like, you're just Eric Falk or whatever again. I'm not getting my hopes up on you. But, man... The Jets fans, we need hope. It, it's one of the few things that keeps us attached to this stupid fucking franchise. And wouldn't you know it, wouldn't you fucking know it, against a divisional opponent, Mike White has to come out there and suck a bunch of dicks. He, he walked out there and threw 44 passes, completing 24 of them. For 254 yards, 51 yards, no touchdowns and four interceptions Four. his quarterback rating was 33.4. You get a 36 quarterback rating for throwing the ball in the dirt on every snap. It was a fucking turd of a game. Joe Flacco, fucking iron dick Flacco comes out here, goes three for three with a touchdown and 47 yards in in, in garbage time at the end of the game. And Mike White can't get his head out of his ass long enough to not throw an interception on every other offensive possession. Fuck yourself and the goddamn dick, you brutal, brutal bitch. Talking about I should have been the first overall pick. You should have been left behind when the Jets left Indianapolis, you fucking bitch. God damn it. That was awful. I hope your parents abandoned you on the bus. This is so bad. God damn it. In MetLife, you fucking bitch ass motherfucker. In MetLife, you had to suck it up like this. Get the fuck out of my shit. I've missed your
1: rants. I've missed your rant.
0: You know what? I don't usually have to because usually my other teams aren't this fucking bad, but God damn it. The Jets! we had Joe Flacco come in against a divisional opponent like it meant something. It's a fucking farce. I don't even feel that bad for Salah because, like, what the fuck's he supposed to do? He's supposed to make this jackass good? He's supposed to be like, oh, my first overall pick, second overall pick got hurt. Let me just make some fucking jerk off into the next goddamn Tom Brady which everyone wanted to start just saying he was with no backing whatsoever. And then he comes out of here and he fucking blows ass. He over, he overthrew a check down to his right side uncovered, left side uncovered. Nobody there. Nobody there. And he overthrows him. What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? That is backyard catch football. There wasn't even a read. You go, ah, yes, hello, and throw the ball over there. How do you fuck up that badly? It's a six yard pass. Oh, God. Life, life, it hurts. And it's like, you look at how bad this team is. And you know, ah, you can't, because you can't even go, ah, Zach Wilson's coming back soon. We'll be better. We won't. We won't be better. There's no better. Better doesn't come. Better never comes. We're Jets fans. Better never shows. The Steelers are a garbage organization at this point in time, because of what they're going through with their quarterback situation. And they make the jets and the jets make them look like they're the fucking bills. They make them look like they're the fucking chargers because the jets can't get their head out. They, the, the, the Steelers are running through a combination of Mason Rudolph, who is just like not good. And Ben Roethlisberger, who is falling apart at the seams. And they make those two guys look like prime Steve young compared to what the fuck they're putting out there week to week. It's insane. And the fact that our only two wins come against the Bengals, who are good, and the Titans, who are good, makes me want to shoot myself in both eyes. Like, I just, I just don't fucking get it. I need, like, why can't we beat a bad team and, and so that I can at least say to myself, oh, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. It's the Dolphins. They suck. No, we had to be good teams. and make me think, oh, maybe, maybe there's some hope. Maybe that they just need to pull their head far enough out of the rash that they can see where they're fucking walking, and no, they can't even do that shit. God, I hate this fucking team. I'll see you next Sunday.
1: You have a way with words.
0: Most of them are swears, which I appreciate. Yeah. God, and it sucks. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> And it, it also just sucks because, like, it's not even like if Zach Wilson was out there doing this shit, I could rationalize it the way I've been rationalizing it all season, which is I'd rather him go out there and figure out what he can't do so that he knows he can't do it. Or he can start trying to figure out a way to make it work for him because the way that he just did it didn't work. Doesn't have to go out there and be good right away. I I, I am. Jets fans are patient. I would I would think given. Well, how not good this organization has been for such a long time. You'd have to give us a lot of credit for at least being patient. And you can't even say that because Mike White's not not the long term solution. He was a meme solution for a week. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. Mike White was like a fuck buddy that you were like, oh, maybe I could date him. And then he's like, oh, no, he's crazy.
1: He led the NFL in passing yards for one week, and it just went straight to his head.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now Jets fans were like, were like the girl that tries to like hook up with the with with, with this dude who was just like amazing in bed, and then you try to take him to a nice restaurant, and he's like just wiling out, and you're like, oh my god, no, the good dick horrible guy. <laughs> yeah, except my uh, Mike White, one good time, but oh man, he is not your answer. Honey, 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 he is not your answer. You got to run for the fucking hills. Cut him loose, babe. Cut him loose. Send that man That's back out I feel to about the streets.
1: Fucking everyone who thought or who continues to think Mason Rudolph is like the answer. Yeah, I had my hope. I I hung in as long as I could, but my goodness, he's just.
0: You have to have some hope, even if you know it's not going to work out. Like you, we're sports fans, yeah. you have to have some hope. Mm-hmm.
1: Man, Steelers can't even beat the Lions. It was just the worst.
0: What's more upsetting that the Steelers... um, What would have been more upsetting? Steelers lost the Lions or tying the Lions?
1: Tying a loss, I would have been like, all right, one step closer to a better draft pick where we deserve to be. Tying the Lions is just fucking useless. Very Fair enough.
0: Uh, Well, given the fact that the Steelers tied, the Browns lost, and we're... The Bengals on a bye today? Why didn't I
1: see that? I think so, yes.
0: Okay. Yeah, so since Baltimore lost, the Browns lost, and the Bengals are on bye, the Steelers, I think, are still in a playoff spot. <laughs> Yeah, how does That's that make you feel? Oh,
1: so stupid. It won't hold. It won't.
0: Yeah. So, right no now, the playoff picture is Buffalo maintains their half game lead over the Patriots in the AFC East. And I'm shocked the Patriots are hanging in there, too, for being honest. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Baltimore is still on top of the AFC North uh, with Pittsburgh. Uh, I, it's going to be one of those weird things. I, I guess it'll be a game and a half back because of the tie. Um, then Tennessee is seven and two with no one else in the AFC South currently in a playoff position. And then in the West, the chargers are on top of that division um, with literally tied with them. Um, the Raiders. And as it stands right now, again, the chargers uh, are playing currently against the Vikings and they're losing and the Raiders play the night game. So we're not going to get any results on that necessarily off the bat, but it shouldn't affect the Steelers' position of being in a wild card spot, which again is funky.
1: And I don't want to be in one.
0: Uh almost halfway through the year, and some there's some interesting interesting guys here. How about the fact that the NFC sucks so hard that Atlanta is in a playoff spot at four and four?
1: Yeah. Says a lot.
0: Yeah, i actually. The, so they just lost. So they're about to be four and five. Carolina just is about to win. So they'll probably be five and five. So actually, Carolina should probably take their spot. Um, but still, the third place team in the NFC South will have a, a playoff spot, which um, won't be good because that team will be 500. Hmm. Yeah, that's nuts.
1: What week is it? Week
0: eight, ten, nine, nine,
1: ten, nine. I don't know. Don't know. Nine. It's getting too late in the season for that kind of shit.
0: I guess we'll see. It's been a weird year. It's been a very weird, you know, like with the Jets beating good teams. It's been a very no. It's week ten. What the fuck? Yeah, it is week ten. We're over halfway through the season. It feels like it just fucking started. Yeah. Yeah. It I know. Uh I really I I gotta say, I don't have anything else. I, I watched my Jets lose a very disappointing game and uh I didn't engage with sports at all outside of that today. And uh I think really the only other thing outside of the world of the NFL that, that has been going on was the F war thing. So I really don't have anything else. Do you have anything else?
1: Uh not at all
0: alright let's not force it then we'll end near a Josh rant which those are always for make for, make for yeah. good content um, alright well if you want to follow the show on Twitter you can do so at juice and and if you want to follow Corbin on, <coughs> sorry if you want to follow Corbin on Twitter you can do so at Corbin Heller if you like to follow myself on Twitter you can do so at Joshua D Tracy if you'd like to send emails to the show you can do so at juice in the numbers at gmail.com and until Thursday y'all have a good one
1: Bye.